The Highway, Part 2 A journalist emerged from the van, which had partially tinted windows. She looked pale, like she hadn't seen the sun in years. She stuck her mic in my face and asked me how I felt about trekking day and night across the country to reach my village. She asked me if I felt betrayed by the politicians and my thoughts on the decaying bodies that littered the roads. I looked around uncomfortably. It was then that I noticed the tires of the van. It was covered in gore. I examined the vehicle and its malicious features. Where is your cameraman? I asked. He's filming from inside the vehicle, she said. Where? I asked. Through the windows. Do you want me to repeat the questions? She said. I peered through the part-tinted glass and could only make out the outline of something bulbous and wrinkled with a giant eye at its centre. The vile mass of flesh seemed to fill up the entire back of the van. The van seemed to expand and contract ever so slightly. Hot sulphurous breath emanated from the underside of the vehicle. Was it breathing? As far as I could tell, there was no one in the driver's seat. I distinctly remembered the journalist stepping out of the passenger side. Who's driving? I asked. The journalist did not respond. Do you have anyone waiting for you at home? Or are you afraid that you will find their rotting bodies in bed by the time you complete your journey? She asked. I was certain there was no fuel in the van. No method of propulsion to drive it across the diseased arteries of this nation. The thing in the back must fuel this nightmare machine. Well, you're not very cooperative, sir, the journalist sighed. She jumped back in the vehicle, and the malign mode of transportation raced away, leaving behind a pool of green mucus. My nerves were already frayed, thanks to the insect people. The encounter with the journalist made me queasy. I vomited the bun I had for dinner almost immediately. I shivered like I was in the grip of a fever as I inched forwards. Then my limbs seized up. So I gave up and camped beneath a tree. I reasoned that a few hours of sleep would be beneficial. It was late afternoon when I woke up to someone prodding me with a stick. Two men in gas masks and hazmat suits, checking to see if I was dead, stared at me like monsters from some post-apocalyptic nightmare. I sprang up to my feet and begged them not to harm me. They stared at me for a while, unsure whether I was truly alive or if my body was showcasing a Lazarus reflex, retaining a semblance of animation even after my soul had passed. They asked me for my national ID card. I grabbed it from my backpack with trembling hands. Once they sighted the document, they let me go. Behind them, their colleagues collected corpses and torched the fly people with flamethrowers. The apparitions buzzed screamed as they met their fiery ends. I watched on in horrified fascination. When they were done scouring the area, they clambered back up on the trucks ferrying the dead bodies. The words Purify India Mission were inscribed on its side panels. The entourage of vehicles engaged in the cleanup operation moved on. A purification agent with a flamethrower was eyeing me warily from the back of one of the vehicles, 
as if he was trying to make up his mind. I would not have been shocked if he sprang from his perch and chased me into the woods with the intention of roasting me to ash. But that didn't happen. I was left to endure a much worse fate, to keep walking. <laughs>